Never mind. It's the bathtub, and I was literally like, Never I don't mind. know how to make this podcast that's appropriate. Yeah, that's I literally, <laughs> I literally read that, and like, just like my, I, my whole body, I was just like, ugh. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Books, where we talk to you about the books we'd like to recommend. And Jake and Katie are joining us today to review the book Mexican Gothic. Before right. the show started, you guys were both talking about how you keep reading the same books, even though you don't talk about yeah, them. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> it just happens. Happy accident, yeah. <laughs> so how about you tell us a little bit about the book? Um, so it, I think the title is extremely apt because it is like a right down the middle gothic novel that just so happens to take place in mexico Mm -hmm. um which is something that i hadn't read before um so the setup is um there's noemi taboada is the main character's name and she um is like fairly she comes from a fairly wealthy family um and her cousin um has married this guy um and they've gone to their estate um called high place yeah right yeah i think so it has a fancy it's like fancy and british so it has its own name Name. as a house yes um and but then they get a letter from her cousin that is strange she says like the walls are talking to her and she's hearing voices and all that kind of stuff so Noemi's dad is concerned about her cousin, so she sends her there to check on her, basically. Um, And when she gets there, it is a spooky, decrepit house. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I think a big thing here is that Noemi is, like, very independent for a woman her station and Mm. um, at the time. So that's kind of what her father is using to make her go. She's like, I mean, one, you care about your cousin, but at the same time, if you want to keep going to college. Right. Then you're going to have to go and check on your cousin. So she does go um, and she's feisty. They have all these house rules. Um, the, the Francis, the the sort of matron of the house is like, don't smoke. So, of course, she smokes in her room um, <laughs> and like, don't go to the city alone. So, of course, she does that. And Noemi herself starts to have like she starts to have visions. Um, she starts to see people talking through the wall and they find out that some of the people that she's seeing in these visions actually have like a history with the house so they could be ghosts okay the history of the house itself is that um and i and i think this is worth mentioning and it's not really a spoiler because you find it out very early the the house was built by um englishmen and when she first gets there the sort of master of the house the the very old man who takes charge of everything uh he has this like very weird eugenics conversation with her mm-hmm. he's very into eugenics which long time ago was actually considered like progressive science we're learning all that kind of stuff you know but this is this book takes place in the 50s so it was certainly definitely not great by this yeah. point right. in time. Right. <laughs> um so he he keeps talking about eugenics and they're english and they came from england they even brought like earth from england because they were afraid their rose gardens wouldn't grow well oh in goodness. mexican soil and 
I don't know. He talks a lot about like bloodlines. So I bring that up because there is, I mean, there's an interesting sort of um, imperialist lens that you can easily look at this novel with. I'm trying to figure out how to say this without spoiling it. No. Yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you almost like have to look at it through an imperialist lens because uh, if anything, all of the gothicness of the novel is imported from England. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, that's an interesting yeah. take. Um, and there is this feeling of oppression that doesn't just come from the house; it comes from these rules and the people that she's living with. In and like an atmospheric sense of like, wow, this house is like dark and like mm-hmm. like closed off. Um, but at the same time, literally not letting her be herself. Uh, and you have a feeling throughout the beginning of the novel um that this is perhaps something that they do to everyone there's a reason there's no other like mexican people like in Mm -hmm. the house other than the the cousin who is uh not doing well what is actually fun i suppose i haven't read a novel written in english that pays this much attention to what language people are speaking i'll try not to spoil it but it at a certain point, you find out essentially the house can hear the conversations that are happening within it. But Noemi does have sort of like an ally in the house. And when they need to keep things private, they'll speak in Spanish, which is another colonial language. But that's beside the point. Um, it's the other one. Yeah. Um, so th- th- they talk a lot about like, oh, we're speaking in Spanish. In, like we are going to switch to Spanish now. I've just never seen that like marked in dialogue as consistently as it was in this novel. So I thought that was something interesting to see. And also, I just really liked Noemi as a character. She was just kind of fabulous. I don't she really was know. Very, yeah. very fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> the feistiness really came in in handy because again, you're like fighting against all of these like really old, like boring white bread mm-hmm. <laughs> like british people who are just really concerned about making sure their family stays in power and that mm-hmm. their bloodlines remain like and having noemi just always be like well that's ridiculous i'm leaving anyway i don't yeah. care mm-hmm. uh is is just so refreshing because i think without a character like that this could very easily become like too depressing if you don't have her like fighting back as the protagonist you could just be like I think also, like, it's a welcome departure from a lot of the archetypical women in gothic novels because they're often, you know, fainting at at every turn. And the they're they're always brought to question their own or their own sanity, it seems like. And Noemi is tenacious in a way like she doesn't bow down to i don't know if i'm trying to say that no yeah yeah. like like there's there's moments where she's afraid and moments where she's like doubting her sanity but Mm -hmm. it's never like her character it's always something that she's like wait no like this isn't me Mm -hmm. this isn't my thought like i need to backtrack get out of this house and figure out what i can do yeah um it's always like something that is she she is fighting against the house or against like the the patriarch which is, I think, a, a, as you said, like a pretty common like thread in, mm-hmm. in traditional gothic novels. Mm-hmm. So how many people are living in this household? Living being the... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Living. Important um, word. One, two, three. There, and then there's some, some assorted... Six? Yeah, there are some assorted like house people. Yeah. I, I, I counted one and then I was like, oh, I think there might be more house people. Virgil, Francis, the, and two, both of the older people, Noemi... 
And go ahead. And what is the relationship between Noemi and her cousin? Is it close? Is there a particular reason, apart from her father being controlling, that she was sent here? They're they're close. Yes. Um, the thing, the other thing that I would say though is that Catalina. Oh, I forgot Catalina. Okay. Catalina's the other person in the house. Um, Catalina is... They keep Noemi away from her for a lot of the novel. Um, So they do... It's kind of hard to get a gauge for their relationship because Catalina is sort of under the influence of something and then also kept away from Noemi for a lot Mm -hmm. of... She's, you know... Uh, she's given, you know, yellow wallpaper rest treatment, you know. Okay. Um, so don't disturb her. Don't talk to her. She's having her rest treatment, that yeah. kind of situation. Okay. So it's kind of hard to tell. You do get an idea that Catalina was kind of like an older sister, like mm-hmm. type figure to her when she was younger, uh, that they weren't super close, but specifically because she got married to this man who then whisked her away to mm-hmm. the countryside and every time they would try to talk and like visit, the communication just stopped and mm-hmm. like fell apart. So it wasn't that like Catalina reached out, I think, a few times, but it just became so sparse that Noemi had her home life going yeah. on that she was yeah. excited by. And it just kind of it just kind of grew apart. But definitely once she realizes that like something is wrong with Catalina, um, she becomes like way more stubborn about mm-hmm. like, no, actually, I'm not going back home to my dad. I'm going to keep staying here. Yeah. And the sort of the story behind the family is I cannot remember the last name of the family who lives at High Place, which it's is bad because I like just read this like a week ago. But something boring like the Wrights, the, the or Smithsons, like the... or the anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they had a mine that they built in Hidalgo State, um, and then the mine started flooding um, and running dry. So essentially, they just they have a lot of silver, but they. They're not very liquid. Okay. Um, so that's why the house is decrepit. And uh, both Catalina and Noemi are um, wealthy. So that's essentially why they've been married to this family. Okay. That's why they've been sort of included into this family anyway. Um, and one thing about Catalina, the reason that they keep her apart is that every time she visits Catalina, she'll be distressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a feeling it's because there's something that she wants to share or something she's afraid of. Um, so they just say like, oh, no, I mean, you upset her too much. Like mm-hmm. you can't go like you you um, you're clearly like distressing her. You have to leave. Uh, and that's kind of used as an excuse to keep her away from Catalina, um, which only makes Noemi try harder. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, <laughs> to the point where she's like hitching down to the village like she is trying to figure out what is happening like at this house, um, which is one of the things about her being so tenacious. She mm-hmm. she has this obstacle put in front of her. And it only makes her, like, whereas before she was sent here because of her father to, like, get something she wanted, she switches from that to, like, (laughs) this is my personal mission in life. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I will fix this. Someone told me I couldn't, and so, therefore, I am now going to. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to ask, does this feel like a teen novel? I don't don't think so. I think so. No, No. I think this is... Yeah. Not at all. No. Um, I think a lot of the themes and, and 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 things in here, I mean, teens might relate to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that Noemi's dad is dangling over her is graduate school. Oh, so yeah, okay. Okay. She's a, she's a young adult, but yeah. like, not like. And graduate school at the time is like not super common for someone who is well, as wealthy as her. So right. her dad isn't even that strict, I would say. Like maybe he is 
in terms of like dads today but like mm-hmm. in the olden days like, he's probably like pretty progressive to be like okay you can go to graduate school but you have to do this for your family first right. yeah um especially because she's like going out on dates with people like she's drinking she's staying mm-hmm. out late like. yeah. <laughs> she opens up at a costume party and i feel like it's kind of like a good indication of her character but they were going to go as a themed pair but then she didn't like how her costume looked so she just completely changed into something that looked and better and then he was stuck and then he was in the, the yeah and then oh, he was funny. in the pair outfit that that didn't make sense um yes. but she wanted to look good so that's you know yeah, relatable yes <laughs> yeah so tell us about at least one key unsettling scene from the story i know it's gothic so it's going to be more atmospheric but there had to be some moments eventually i don't even know how to do that I think a lot of the um, the visions that she's having, because eventually at first she's like, these are dreams. And then she starts to sleepwalk. And so it does become more, yeah, bodily. Yeah. And there are some very Ooh. creepy parts okay. that yeah, happen. Yeah. I was just saying, I was just thinking and I remembered the yeah. scene in the tub and I was like, never mind. It's the bathtub. And I was literally like, never I don't mind. know how to make this that's podcast appropriate. Yeah, that's I, literally, <laughs> I literally read that and like, just like my, I, my whole body, I was just like, ugh. Put yeah. the book down. It was uh. interesting. <laughs> the bathtub scene. The bathtub scene. You'll yes. know when you get there. Yes. <laughs> so whenever you're talking about genre fiction, it is kind of a good idea to bring up whether or not this would be a good introduction to the genre. Do you think somebody who's not very familiar with horror would enjoy it? Or do you think it would have too much creepy thematic elements that might drive someone away? I think you absolutely could. Um, Maybe for people who like like literary fiction, this would be a good right. like intro to horror. Uh, it is pretty like slow, like very atmospheric. Like it mm-hmm. builds a feeling, like mm-hmm. gothic horror does. So if someone is like a huge fan of like slasher, slasher like thrillers, <laughs> right. they may come in here and start reading and just be like, "This is really boring. It's just some woman in a room talking to people." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bodies do not hit the floor <laughs> until the end. Until the end. Um and. I would say that at least for some of those, if you want to do more of that sort of like imperialist reading or reading it within the gothic genre, you might not want to start with this one. Like you might want to go with A Haunting of Hill House or like Castle of Atrano, something like that. Another Mm -hmm. haunted house story just to kind of be like, okay, I see what that is doing. The foundation of the genre. Yes. And now I can see what twists she is making on the genre, I would say. Um However, if you don't want to read in that context, you can absolutely you could absolutely just pick this yeah, up. Yeah, I definitely would recommend it. I loved it. Um, I know a few people who really enjoyed it, but I I would definitely recommend it. Like especially if you like that feeling of like creepiness and like suffocation, mm-hmm. and that can come with a gothic horror novel where it just slowly like it's like covering you with a weighted blanket, but then like too many weighted blankets. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh no, I'm trapped. I also have to say, if you're looking for a book based on its cover, the cover for this one is gorgeous. Yes. It's pretty fun. It's, I would say that that is definitely something Noemi would wear. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on top of that, like Mexican Gothic, I feel like is now I've seen a few like newer novels that fit within that like little subcategory. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I feel like it's it started like a, its own little like mini like Gothic horror renaissance. Yeah. And she is she's kind of staying in the not horror genre her she just released a book that i'm pretty sure is being marketed as a noir and then she had gods of jade and shadow which was also horror ish Mm -hmm. um so yeah she seems to kind of like she seems to have found a a niche in this area um have you read anything else by her she's been on my to read list i have not no no 
Um, I'm excited about her new book. I think I'm I'm gonna get that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read Gods of Jade and Shadow. It, ca- it felt like every time I tried to get it, it was checked out, and I oh, really? eventually gave up. Yeah. Uh, I think I just kept checking, like either when Mexican Gothic came out, mm-hmm. so it was popular because of that, or right. when it was. Um, one of the Gulf Coast reads, Gulf Coast reads so that it was, yeah. and I just, just like, well, I fine, I'll never read this book. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else has read it at this yeah. point. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add about it? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for bringing a new and interesting. And this book has gotten a lot of rave reviews, so yeah. mm-hmm. uh, giving people a taste of that just in time for Halloween. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.